Hello, hello, hello. Once again, it is Killer Casting. I'm your host, Lisa Zambetti, casting director. And with me is my sweet little elf, my little holiday friend from down under. Anyone, anyone who's seen me will know that that's a completely uh, inaccurate description. But thank you, Lisa. It's lovely to join you. Before it is too late, we're going to run over to some Christmas kind of movies. We didn't squeeze it out before Christmas, but hey, it's still holiday season. So just in the St. Nick of time, we're going to claim it. And, uh, He's forcing me to do this. Lisa, welcome to Lisa Zambetti, or as her friends know around Christmas time, The Grinch, when it <laughs> comes to Christmas <laughs> movies. And listeners, I have a question for you. What goes O-O-O? What goes O-O-O, Lisa? Santa without an H? I don't know. What? Santa walking backwards. Rimshot. There's a good, dad I like it. I like it. Hey, here we go. All right. Yeah. So away we go. All right, where do you want to kick this off? Do you want? Do you have anything to add or are you just going to sit there with your arms crossed throughout this whole episode and a grumpy look on your face whilst I monologue? No, I'm just going to say that I asked my family if they wanted to watch any Christmas, whatever, Hallmark, because I know that you're, you and your lovely wife, April, watch all the Hallmarky, Christmassy holiday stuff, yeah? And so I was like, yeah, why don't we do that? So we started to watch something. I don't even know if I want to say which it is because we actually have friends that are in it. But anyway, I'll just say it's it was called The Family Switch, which was a great idea. And we started watching it and 10 minutes in, I looked around and everybody was, can we turn this off? So we were like that. We just didn't get into the holiday spirit. So as far as that goes, although I will say that on Christmas Eve, I was half asleep after a big meal and It's a Wonderful Life came on and I watched the whole gosh darn thing and I loved it. And it's one of these things where it's gosh, on all the- Gosh darn, you drop the F-bomb on this place. <laughs> this thing every week but you're talking about this movie you said gosh darn as if you were jimmy stewart that's jimmy stewart that's funny i know it's on constantly but when you step away from it for a few years and you don't watch it all the mm. time and then you dip back into it how wonderful it is so there you go i did that that was my contribution okay but tell me okay. zip well, through the ones that you recently saw uh, um uh, just on the topic of a wonderful life it's interesting you should mention that lisa because yesterday I was, I'm endlessly scrolling through stuff on films and there was a list of famous films that were box office bombs and It's a Wonderful Life was a major box yes. office bomb, yes. much as it's loved today. So look, I tend to separate my Christmas movies. I'll need to correct you on something straight away. My wife watches all the Hallmark movies. <laughs> I don't know. She does it sitting down in front of the TV, wrapping presents, not surprisingly, and doing stuff. And I'm sitting in the corner with my headphones on YouTube, watching sporting highlights of various cricket games or Jack Reacher or something <laughs> like that. Anyway, but on this occasion, we did watch Family Switch. And like you, about 15, 20 minutes in, I'm like, this is completely ridiculous, right? It's like a cross between Freaky Friday and I don't know, some, some, something else. But basically what happens is you've got mom, dad, and the son and the daughter, and they're in some facility i forget where it doesn't matter but something happens they're struck by lightning and when they switch instead of switching wife to husband and son to the daughter they switch the son with the dad and the daughter with the mom now that's an as cheesy as it is it's it's an interesting setup and it gives the script writers a lot of places to go the mother's a high-flying architect and so now the daughter has to go and pitch for this big job and the dad has to attend the the party where the 16 year old's got this crush on a girl Anyway, blah, 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 blah. So like you, 15, 20 minutes, I'm going, oh my God, I'm sitting there quietly going, this is a great big piece of shit. And then I'm like, actually, it was, it started to grow on me. And by oh, the time it, so I did need to stick it out. Is that what you're yeah, saying? I, I just, need to get oh, through look, the... It, it yeah. didn't get any better. It's not, oh, it, something changed. 
But for some reason, it just started to grow on me. And my initial cynicism, because listeners, I hate traditional Christmas movies. I'm all about alternative ones. And we'll get to that. Nonetheless, we did enjoy it. And so I have to say, I would give it a thumbs up. Well, it had a great cast. Jennifer Garner, who doesn't love her? Ed Helms. He's always great. And the cast is great. Rita Moreno. Oh my gosh, they got it. was great. And they actually filmed it at the place where they actually, all the magical stuff happens is at the Griffith Park Observatory, which is a real place that I've been to. They shot La La Land there. So it had all kinds of great things going for it. But anyway. We watched another one that was also quite schmaltzy, but it worked for me. It was a, a Christmas rom-com. And just if, if you want to get rid of me, just mention the word rom-com and I'll be <laughs> 50, miles, 50 miles away within 10 minutes. But it was Four Christmases with Vince Vaughn and uh, Reese Witherspoon cast and it's it starts off they're these absolute quintessential yuppies they always avoid christmas they always tell their family that they're going to be off volunteering and that they can't be around for christmas and all this sort of stuff and then of course something happens and they can't make their plane to go to fiji or Mm -hmm. something like that and they have to go to visit each of their respective parents right the mother the father and hence the word for Christmases. So again, this is not only something that I would absolutely run screaming from, but the chemistry between the two of them is really good. So if you want a nice, in inverted commas, Christmas movie and a, a bit of a rom-com, the cast is off the charts. It's Vince Vaughn and Reese Witherspoon. Included in there, Mary Steenburgen, Robert Duvall, John Voight, Sissy, Space, Sissy Spacek, John Favreau, Dwight Yoakam, Kristen Chenoweth, the list goes on. So and it's more got- importantly, it has Peter Billingsley playing the, the ticket agent. So Peter Billingsley, of course, as we all know, is Ralphie in A Christmas Story. Oh, I never even picked that up. Oh, my God. That is awesome. Okay. Yeah, right. I've not seen this, but I have always heard really great things about it, for sure. Yeah, it's, look, it's of a certain formula, but it's really well executed. And, and it ends up in a, in a really good place. And it's funny as fuck. Getting back to It's a Wonderful Life, it's in my very short list of traditional classics. I know that there are things like White Christmas and Meet Me in St. Louis, but honestly, blah, right? The only three things that I could, when I look through the list of what I could recommend from the classics is It's a Wonderful Life, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer from 1964 with Burl Ives, and the incredible Charlie Brown Christmas from 1965. Mm. Mm-hmm. Any of those, I'm like, yeah, props, totally. And then we get into what I'd call the mid-era classics. And you just mentioned him, I would say, A Christmas Story with Ralphie and his Red Rider BB gun. And I said to April, my wife, the other day, do you realize there's a sequel to that where Ralphie's all grown up? And she's like, oh my God, I don't even want to look at it. But apparently it's really good. Actually, I think we did watch that last year. Yeah. Okay. It's called A Christmas Story Christmas, and it dropped in 22, I think, so just last year, if I got Yeah, that right. so what was sad is that they weren't able to bring back... Darren McGavin, the dad? No, he's dead, but they yep, weren't able to bring back... So instead of Melinda Dillon, who was still alive, but I think was not up to coming back, or didn't right. want to come back, I can't remember what the story was, but they brought in the wonderful Julie Haggerty, who is lovely, oh, yes. but of course... You couldn't help missing Melinda Dillon. There you go. All right. So that's a Christmas story, Christmas sequel to A Christmas Story. Props to Tim Burton for The Nightmare Before Christmas. Absolutely wonderful. I also, this might seem odd for me, it's a very Muppet Christmas movie from 2002. And while we're on a Muppet jag, we'll talk about The Muppet Christmas Carol. So that's their version of, of, of A Christmas Carol. 
That's from 1992 with Michael Caine as Ebenezer Scrooge. It's absolutely brilliant. The Muppets are brilliant. Caine is great. And, and then we get to the sort of comedy stuff. National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. That is just a dead set classic. Uh, you can't talk that down. Likewise, Tim Allen at his peak for the Santa Claus. Uh, I should mention it's, the, it's, a very, it's a very merry Muppet Christmas movie. I'm on a Muppet jag here. 2002, Whoopi Goldberg, John Cusack, David Arquette, William H. Macy. Absolutely brilliant. Scrooged with Bill Murray from 1988. And then I think one of the weapons of mass destruction for Christmas movies would be Elf with Will Ferrell. And I just read yesterday that originally that was, it, there were, it was due to be developed about 10 years earlier with Jim Carrey attached to that mm-hmm. role, which you can understand why. But again, it's one of those films where, and, and I was looking at films where famous films that people turned down. And uh, would you believe uh, Al Pacino twice turned down the role of Han Solo? That's just bonkers. Anyway. And we're <laughs> all grateful for that. Let me just say that one thing I wanted to mention about A Christmas Story, if you haven't seen A Christmas Story live, oh my goodness, it's wonderful. It's a live broadcast of the Broadway hit, A Christmas Story, the musical. It is wonderful. It stars Maya Rudolph and Chris Diamantopoulos. Chris Diamantopoulos, I feel like, is... She only got cast because of her last name. You know that, right? And a guest star is in it. But anyway, Chris Diamantopoulos is one of the most talented actors I have ever met. And unfortunately, I just feel like he hasn't had the career that he should have had. He's a great that guy and he's done a ton of stuff. But I just feel like he's got so much talent that I think has been underutilized. So anyway... If you can find that Christmas Story Live, it had aired back in, I think, 2017 on Fox when they were doing some of those live musical, you know, live broadcasts. But if you can find it, it's definitely worth it. Anyway, and the other one I want to recommend, look at me recommending things. No, right? Where is Lisa Zambetti and what have you done with her? (laughs) If you're looking at a classic, this is one that you probably have not heard of. You may have heard of a lot of the ones that we've mentioned tonight. But there's a movie from 1945 that's called Christmas in Connecticut, and it stars Barbara Stanwyck. And she's this Martha Stewart-esque person. She's like an original influencer kind of a person. And she it's just really funny, and it's a beautiful setting, and it's not something that you may have seen, but Christmas in Connecticut definitely dig that one out and check it out. I think you'll like it. There you go. Okay. Now, so Christmas movies normally make me run for the hills unless they're completely twisted. And but the other genre that I'm just not interested in, although you just mentioned it, Lisa, and that's musicals. I'm like, oh, kill me now. But it is, it was surprising to me that I really enjoyed, thanks to my beautiful wife, putting it on, last year's Spirited which is the musical version of A Christmas Carol, starring Will Ferrell and Ryan Reynolds, and they absolutely fucking crushed this. It is so good. It's really good. Yeah, so, it was good. I, I did really enjoy that one. But it's very cheeky, and it's very yes. it's really well put together, for sure. Yeah, yeah absolutely. But then the other one, I would have to put this in my top five of like nice Christmas movies, regular Christmas movies that normal people would want to watch. The 2000 version of How the Grinch Stole Christmas with Jim Carrey at the absolute peak of his powers, directed by Ron Howard. It's just absolutely uh, amazing. So, Yeah, weirdly, my kids never liked that. They just did not get into that. Yeah, so I didn't bother watching that. Maybe they were too old. I think it's a movie you'd probably, maybe as a teenager, you might struggle. As a young kid, you'd like it. And maybe as an adult, 
like this and the stuff in there that, that many people would miss. So there's a, April and I just love the scene on first viewing. So there's a little, there's a party. They're having a, like a Christmas Eve party with all the little who's and the camera's pushing in through the window and it's all snowy outside and inside they're doing the conga and they're, they're drinking and they're doing this, whatever. And in the conga line, as they come around past this glass bowl, the male who's are all dropping the keys into the bowl. They're having a fucking key party, right? In the middle of the Grinch. Yes. Okay. I'm going to like this film. Anyway. Now, plenty of people talk about the original Miracle on 34th Street. They remade it in 1994 with Richard Attenborough as, as Claus with uh, Elizabeth Perkins, Dylan McDonald, the great JT Walsh, and the great James Ramar and uh, Mara Wilson. And it's it, really well done. It's a TV movie, whatever. So there you go. So they're my mid sort of era classics. And then I, I have this, these are probably the ones that I enjoy the most, which are, I call, they're not Christmas movies, but they're adjacent to Christmas. Not really about Christmas, but, right? So into that category, the number one and many people's favorite Christmas movie of all time is Die Hard. Is it set at Christmas? And it's got a bigger body count and several more explosions than It's a Wonderful Life. I'll grant you that. And at the same time, Die Hard 2 works the Christmas theme even better. So we have on Die Hard 2, you've got Rennie Harlan taking over from John McTiernan, but you wouldn't know because they Is the Die Hard 2 set in Christmas time or no? Oh, hell yeah. It's oh, John okay, McTiernan. sorry. Yeah, heading to the airport in the snow to pick up his wife who's flying in and his car gets towed and he gets stuck at the airport and then terrorists arrive and then John does his thing. So yeah, it's absolutely, it's Christmas Eve. Dennis Franz. And a great supporting cast back, Bonnie Bedelia, I mm-hmm. think, yeah. Bonnie Bedelia. And, yeah, and uh, so, yeah, it, in normal fashion, John McClane gets to open a big can of whoop ass on the terrorists and fun ensures. Alongside of that would be The Long Kiss Goodnight, which is a fantastic action film with starring the beautiful and, and amazing Gina Davis. And the funny thing about Die Hard and The Long Kiss Goodnight is that they were all scripted by Shane Black, who also... So he seems to write films that are set around Christmas and The Long Kiss Goodnight, by the way, Samuel L. Jackson, who co-stars in that with uh, Gina, he says that is his favorite movie that he's ever appeared in. Have you ever seen it, Lisa? I haven't. Oh, it's so good. Gina plays this quiet little stay-at-home mom who has a car crash. Hello. And she regains the memory that she, in fact, used to be this kick-ass assassin. So she turns from stay-at-home baking sort of thing mom and into and it's set in the snow and there's lots of sort of mayhem that involves some skiing but anyway it's all it's not about christmas but it's set at christmas and i would even put into the same category home alone and lethal weapon sorry was the other one of shane so die hard long kiss goodnight and lethal weapon are the three that shane wrote that aren't about christmas but many people say lethal weapon is, is a christmas movie and I wouldn't complain. Home Alone, many people would say it's actually a Christmas movie, but I don't think it is. It's not like it's the Santa Claus or Elf. But anyway, it happens at that time. Trading Places in the same category. Oh, right. I don't, I never yeah. think of that as, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he's in a Santa costume and he's stealing the ham and doing all that kind of stuff. LA Confidential opens on Christmas Eve and Bud White kicking ass on that wife abuser and it's all around this Christmas brawl and stuff like that. And then another one by, by Shane Black, and it's a fantastic, one of the most underrated movies of all time. It's called Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. It's from 2005. Have you ever seen that, Liz? No, I haven't. Ah, it is so good. So good. It's Val Kilmer 
and a, and a younger Robert 2005 version or era, Robert Downey. Mm-hmm. And Val Kilmer plays a gay private eye who Robert Downey Jr. has to, who's an actor, has to hang out with him to try and learn how to be a real PI. And then real life intrudes and fun happens. I don't think it's a Christmas movie, but Shane Black, uh, one of the most recent things he did was one of the most enjoyable films I've seen was The Nice Guys. It was from 2016. Rusty, Russell Crowe starring, Ryan Gosling, and Lisa, a young, a very young, Anguri Rice, who goes on to play Siobhan in Mare of East Town. She's so great. Love yeah, her. her role in this is just incredible. Anyway, that Kiss Kiss Bang Bang is not a Christmas movie, but I just thought I'd throw a little plug in for that. And then the other one that's Christmas adjacent is Gremlins. And then to my final category, and this is probably my favorite. These are the alternative alternative Christmas movies that are intentionally meant to take the piss out of Christmas or just completely reverse the whole Christmas vibe. And so there's one that's funny. It's called A Christmas Horror Story. It's from 2015. William Shatner is absolutely chewing the scenery everywhere in this. It is so funny. So what else does what... he chew? I think he's yeah, well, yeah. at this point. That's like his, that's his main sustenance. <laughs> Although in this one, it's funny. Basically what Santa has to do is get his John Wick on and battle this evil Krampus, a horned devil. He's the, is the anti-Santa. If people aren't, don't know about this, it's from, what's the word? Not Norwegian, Scandinavian folklore. And so his Krampus comes and slaughters people in, so it's in classic Hollywood style. There's a scene where two teenagers sneak into a, it uses all the tropes, two teenagers sneak into a high school where this slaughter happened 10 years ago or something. And I'm like, don't have sex, don't have sex, don't have sex, they have sex, they die. It's okay. So it's doing all that. A fantastic movie from, I think it's Finland, Rare Exports from 2010, Christmas Tale. It starts off as a sweet story and then morphs into this Santa kidnap horror with Santa as an evil force. Also in the alternative Christmas fair, the alternative stuff and re- and really not for kids is bad Santa. It's just, it's just absolutely hilarious. It's a totally go for broke and don't give a fuck comedy with Billy Bob Thornton in the form of his life and terrific cameos by John Ritter. It was his final film and also Bernie Mac, who passed away shortly afterwards and Tony Cox. It's funny, funny as fuck and completely inappropriate. Anything that includes gags about anal sex in a Christmas movie, they're going for broke. Something that I watched recently, which pretty, it's from last year. On a play on the word Silent Night was something called Violent Night. And it's this weird cross-up between Home Alone, Invasion, and like a Die Hard movie or something. And it's got John Leguizamo in a starring role and a terrific supporting cast. And the premise is ridiculous. Terrorists break into this extremely wealthy woman's home to steal a whole bunch of money. And the real Santa Claus turns up. And the level of violence and swearing in this is unbelievable. They put the words that they put into the like eight-year-old actor's mouth and 10-year-old and whatever, I cannot believe. And the violence in it and the fights between Santa and these guys is like something, like I said, out of Die Hard or John Wick. It's funny as hell. It's got David Harbour, like I said, John Leguizamo and Beverly D'Angelo. And I really enjoyed that. Mm. So almost finished folks in this horror section from 2015, the quality Christmas horror of Krampus, A-list crew, Adam Scott from Severance, Tony Collette, Alison Tolman from Fargo and Women Who Kill, and family together in a snowy location and things get instantly fraught. Anyway, it's a kid mistakenly summons the demon Krampus and then 
yeah, classic horror ensues. Something else that's alternative, but not really horror from 2020 was Fat Man or The Fat Man. And it's Mel Gibson taking up the mantle of Chris Kringle, who lives in Alaska in the real world. And he has a contract manufacturing stuff for the government. He's using his elves. So a naughty kid receives a lump of coal and he hires a hitman played by Walt Goggins. I love Walt Goggins. In absolutely anything first came to my eye in The Shield and steals every scene he was in in Django. But anyway... Walt has to get through the government guards and kill Chris Kringle or Santa. It's a ridiculous premise, but it's highly enjoyable. I've got two more to go. And there's one from 1984 in a classic, uh, probably one of the early established the Christmas slasher version was Silent Night, Deadly Night. I remember watching that on VHS. That's how old it was. And then one that I haven't seen, but I have seen the trailer and it looks absolutely amazing is a film called Tangerine from 2015. Mm -hmm. So this yeah. is a, do you know it? I do know of it. I haven't watched it, but I've yeah, wonderful it's a things bonkers about it. old sort of Christmas movie. So directed by Sean Baker, who is his next movie would be The Florida Project with um, Willem Dafoe and a whole mm -hmm. bunch of people. So this thing was shot entirely on iPhone and it stars Katani Kiki Rodriguez as a transgender sex worker who finds out that her pimp boyfriend has been cheating on her with a, not only a cisgendered girl, but a white girl. And she goes on a rampage. And from the clips, it looks hilariously funny and shot on the main streets of Hollywood, Lisa, apparently. Yeah. And it also has one of my favorite actors, James Ranson, who, if you know The Wire, then you know James Ranson. But anyway, wonderful. So that's my take on, on some Christmas. So depending on what mood you're in or how sick you are, you could, there's a little something in there for everyone. It's a smorgasbord, folks. Just take what you like and... Eat as much as you like and leave Yeah, the so there you go. That's our almost, but not quite too late Christmas season movie wrecks from Dean. While we're still lounging around in this Twixmas haze, you may have time on your hands and still time to watch some stuff with the family or put a bookmark in it and watch it next season. So thank you, Dean, for that awesome review of all kinds of things for us to watch. All right, everybody. Thank you. Have a great new year. And this is Killer Casting signing off.